Welcome to Machine Learning, How the World Works. I want to talk about MH370 again. <clears throat> there was, um, there was uh, some interesting technical analysis done by <clears throat> Amersat. This is a satellite company that used the data from the satellite to determine that the Flight 370 went south. So the Malaysian military did not disclose early that the plane turned and crossed back from uh, across the M Malaysia and then turned southward uh, towards the Indian Ocean early. And because of that failure to disclose that, searchers were looking in the wrong place, in the wrong ocean. And then Amersat, the satellite company, discloses that they have analyzed the data and determined that the planes turned south. And that's what I want to talk about, that analysis. Amersat used what they call burst frequency offset. So it, it logs the effect of the Doppler effect. And it's a, they have to use this so that the satellite correctly communicates with the plane. And it's a measure of the radio frequency Doppler shifts associated with high-speed movement in relationship to satellite position and is a natural part of satellite communication for planes in flight. Doppler ships have to be predicted and compensated for by airborne systems in order for satellite communications to function. But the compensation is not perfect because satellites, particularly as some age, do not transmit signals in precisely the way airplanes have been programmed to expect. Their orbits may tilt slightly. They are also affected by temperature. These imperfections leave telltale traces, although Doppler shift logs have never been used before to determine the location of a plane, Emerset technicians in London were able to discern a significant distortion suggesting a turn to the south at 2.40 a.m. The turn point was a bit north and west of Sumatra, the northernmost island of Indonesia. It has been assumed at some analytical risk that the airplane then flew straight and level for a long time than in the general direction of the Antarctic. So it almost suggests that something has caused the plane to be uh, malfunctioning and is running on autopilot. So the, the, the idea here is that it for some reason, uh, didn't know what to do. It turned back towards land and then for some reason failed to land the plane in Malaysia and then it continued on and then turned south and until it ran out of fuel. So after six hours, the Doppler data indicated a steep descent as much as five times greater than the normal descent rate within a minute or two of crossing the seventh arc, the plane dived in the ocean 
possibly shedding components before impact. Uh, judging from electronic evidence, there was not a controlled attempt at water landing. The airplane must have fractured instantly into a million pieces, but no one knew where the impact occurred, much less why. And no one had the slightest bit of physical evidence to confirm the satellite interpretations were correct. So that was that was also very interesting because there's no physical evidence. And so you would think that uh, one of the arguments is, is that the Indian Ocean is super deep in that area and that they can't send down uh, robotic instruments that could reach the bottom of that ocean and then search for debris. But even if it was fragmented into a million pieces, if you get down deep into the ocean and then you search the particular area where the possible impact occurred, then account for oceanic drift in that area and then calculate the amount of time that it has elapsed and then predict where that debris would have landed, you would think that there would be deep ocean research that's occurring in that area to, to verify that the plane actually did break up into a million pieces and that those fragments were identifiable. Um, so that, that uh, information is interesting, but not conclusive. Now, the next piece of information that I found was kind of interesting was um, about a ping. Now, it's a very bizarre story because the ping, they think, was coming from the black box. So now we, we were told originally that the black box batteries had been dead for a year, and so it wasn't transmitting at all. But Australian and Chinese vessels claimed to have picked up an acoustic ping, and they thought, well, that must be the black box um, for Malaysian Air Flight MH370. So the Chinese patrol ships had detected the ultrasonic pings matching the frequency put out by the beacon on the flight recorder. Augustus Houston, the Australian retired air chief marshal in charge of the search, announced on Sunday the underwater detection gear towed behind the Australian naval ship, the Ocean Shield, had detected the sound. Up to 12 aircraft and 13 ships were sent on Sunday, and they began to search the ocean about 2,000 kilometers from Perth. Sunday, there had been another fleet signal picking up 24 hours earlier by Hongzhong-01 on Friday afternoon. The two detections took place about two kilometers apart. In the ocean, the size of two kilometers is not a large distance, Houston said, adding the lead was encouraging but unverifiable until such time we could provide unequivocal determination. Houston said that he did not know at this stage whether the acoustic signal detected by Ocean Shield was 37.5 kilohertz, the frequency emitted by the black box locator beacon, but the lead was something that needs to be investigated. The MHS Echo, a British Navy ship carrying a towing pinger locator, was being sent to assist the 
high zone zero one, but it would take 14 hours to arrive. So here they get something that sounds like a beacon, but they don't ver they can't verify that it is actually the flight recorder beacon because they didn't verify the correct frequency. And so it becomes a chase that leads nowhere again. No verifiable evidence, no search, uh, no, no debris in that location that indicates of a crash. And Houston said on Saturday, warned it's getting pretty close to the point which the signal from the black box might be picked up. There should be enough battery power to emit for a pulse for 30 days, although experts have said that that would often continue for another 14 days or so. David Gallo, an oceanographer who helped in the search for France uh, Flight 447, said the pulse detection was unlikely to occur naturally. It could very well be one of the beacons. So that, again, there's so much of this optimism, but yet no nothing verifiable. They haven't determined the frequency of the ping. The ping locators are not conclusively picking up on the signal, and they can't seem to identify where the source of that ping is coming from. They could start mapping the seafloor floor using robots and tow systems, but that, again, takes a lot of time and money and resources to do, and uh, there's no governments that are funding the bills, so, again, it's like looking for a needle in the haystack. So, again, that piece of information on the ping... Uh, is something that was interesting, but again, could be a false, uh, false lead and taking searchers in the wrong direction.